This is Indie Business Podcast, episode 84. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at Indie Business. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I interview Patty Liu of Free Flow Botanicals in Santa Cruz, California. As an educated herbalist and product formulator, Patty believes in offering a product line that helps people tend to their bodies from the inside out. In addition to a line of skincare, she also offers holistic coaching services and distance Reiki sessions to assist her clients in maintaining maximum well being. Managing multiple income streams requires consistent self care, and Patty dives into her personal self care rituals in this episode. Her brand relies heavily on the ancient practices of her Asian women ancestors. And in this episode, Patty describes how this very personal connection is integrated into every product she makes. You can get a summary for this episode at indiebusinessnetwork.com forward slash 84. And now let's talk with Patty. But first, this episode of Indie Business Podcast is brought to you by the Indie Business Retreat. Join me in January for a transformational time of learning and growth at the beautiful Club Med Miches Playa Esmeralda in the Dominican Republic. Enjoy snorkeling, a sunset cruise, maybe even some whale watching, and the opportunity to strategize in paradise as you formalize your plan for an amazing new year of business. Reserve your spot before they're all gone at IndieBusinessRetreat.com. And now let's welcome Patty Liu of Free Flow Botanicals in Santa Cruz, California. Patty Liu from Free Flow Botanicals in Santa Cruz, California. Welcome to Indie Business Podcast. Thank you so much, Donna Maria. Now, one of the things that I found so fascinating when I first started poking around and doing research on you was that you have this amazing background in like the herbal and biochemical arena. So I want to start by asking you a little bit about these various degrees that you have and how they led you to entrepreneurship at Free Flow Botanicals. Thank you, Donna Maria. Yes. So I do have quite an extensive background in biomedical research. I had always been fascinated with how the body works, how to maintain health, and that much was attributed to some of the own health issues that I had been experiencing growing up. So was always been very interested in health and studied biology in college and went to graduate school to study molecular and biochemical nutrition with a heavy emphasis on how the foods we eat and the lifestyle habits we maintain contribute to chronic diet-induced diseases like diabetes or cardiovascular disease. And so I was doing a lot of bench work. So basically that means working in a lab for 12 to 15 hours a day. And I didn't really feel like I was making such a direct impact in the community, just doing a lot of heavy research and analysis. But 
again, the, the interest and the passion around health and vitality was there. And so alongside of that, in the herbal realm, I grew up with a Chinese mother who immigrated here from Taiwan in the early 70s. She immigrated to San Francisco with my father. And I grew up in a household where I was constantly smelling herbal remedies simmering on the stove, watching my mom work with various dried herbs. And later on, she became a acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist. And it was around that time I began to really dive more deeply into the power of herbal medicine. And alongside, you know, having my background in biochemistry, I attended a introductory workshop on Western herbal medicines. And this was in Berkeley, California, about five years ago. And I instantly felt this connection to my childhood, to my mom and the herbs that she was cooking up for me, and really felt a deep connection with my ancestors and my lineage. So I attended another workshop at this herbal school, the Berkeley Herbal Center. And a few months later, I attended a part-time program, a nine-month part-time program. And then fast forward a few months after that, I had quit my full-time corporate job at Kaiser Permanente and enrolled full-time into studying clinical Western herbalism. And where did you enroll? What, what school was that? It's the Berkeley Herbal Center. Okay, so you did. So you started there and you ended up getting the um, graduate graduation. You ended up graduating there and you received, you're the first graduate to receive an honors distinction graduation. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that's right. Wow. They, they had never had this designation before. And that was the first year they decided to honor someone and um, they picked me. So you must be very passionate to take a three-year training course after obtaining a degree in molecular and biochemical nutrition. Amazing. And, and where, where did you get that degree? I got that at UC Berkeley. Wow. Okay. So, so you did all of this and it looks like in right around 2018 or so you completed the clinical herbalism training. And did you start your business shortly after that? Yes, yes. So I then dove feet first, you know, or head first fully into my business, Free Flow Botanicals, in January 2019. And was that the plan? Like, did you always, is that like you always thought you were going to do that? Or is that something that after you graduated, you went, hey, I think I'll start a business? Oh, that's such a great question. You know, Donna Maria, that was actually not really ever the plan. But I think <laughs> looking back at how things worked out, it was it wasn't my plan. It was the, the universe's plan. It was divine timing. Um, I did not plan to start a business. I went into this three year clinical herbalism training program thinking I'll get to learn about herbs. But I don't know where this is going to take me and maybe I'll have to end up working in corporate America. So at the very end of my second year with this program, we had a class project, which was to design a herbal product line for an herbal medicine show in the fall. 
And I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be incredible. I get to make up all of these products. And, and at the time I was making a bunch of products on my own, just for fun, just to share with family or friends. Mm-hmm. And so I created a line. It, it was um, a combination of skincare products and herbal remedies. And I came up with the name Free Flow Botanicals to call my line and brought everything to this urban herbal craft show, this medicine fair. And I did extremely well. So from that point on, I got this huge adrenaline rush thinking, you know what? I think this is the impetus for me to at least try starting a business, at least with my skincare products and see how things go from there. That is so interesting that you had no plan to do that. Isn't that, isn't, that's, how, that's how so many things happen in our lives. But I love that the name of your business is Free Flow because it sounds like that's kind of how you allowed yourself to be led into entrepreneurship. There wasn't an anxiety producing thing. It was like the next logical thing to do as you flowed through your life. Exactly. Exactly. It sort of felt like a very natural progression. Even the name came to be very naturally. Actually, it came to me in a dream and free flow, just the concept of flowing. It has so many meanings for me personally, not just with my approach to life, you know, flowing through life and just letting things, letting things happen as they are naturally meant to do so, but also having the, the health and vitality to let things flow naturally within your body, right? And allowing herbal remedies to support that process. So when you started your business, you began selling products and you also offer services now. So tell us a little bit, if you would, about both of those and how they work together in your brand. Sure. So my skincare products, I create by hand and it ranges from facial care to body care to some aromatherapy. And that is in made in order to complement the other side of my business. So skincare reflects using products to uplift and enhance outer beauty. And then as a clinical herbalist, I'm also greatly passionate about helping one enhance their inner beauty. And this is offered through my coaching sessions. So I offer one-on-one coaching as a clinical herbalist, supporting women, mostly with chronic health issues that end up you know, affecting their skin. And so there's, there's just this really beautiful, natural integration of my products and the coaching and then alongside classes that I teach as an educator, teaching women and men, just mostly in my local community, about how you can take better care of your health how you can take better care of your skin, how you can draw upon natural resources such as medicinal plants and how to include all of that in your daily um, skincare or self-care regimen. So which one of these three areas is the one that is more of a focus for you on a day-to-day basis? Is it the products, the services, or the classes? Oh, great question. I would say at this moment in time, the products. And do you make everything yourself and you organize all of this by yourself? 
I do. Yes, I am a one woman show, although I did recently get some help um, from a friend of a friend who has been helping me prepare for uh, craft markets that I'm starting to do in person again. Oh, well, isn't that great? We're all so excited about that. But Patty, I want to go back to all of these things that you do, because I want to ask you how like you stay organized enough to be consistent in the production of the products and the delivery of the services and the delivery of the classes. Like, do you use a particular planner? Do you have alarms going off all day to remind you of all the things you have to do? What's a typical day like? Mm, uh, There is no real typical day, but every day changes from time to time. Although what has really helped me is, um, you know, a combination of alarms, so to speak, a combination of both digital and paper planners. I like to break up my days knowing when I will have the most energy and the least energy. So typically Mondays and Fridays, I tend to wane on energy. You know, Monday coming off from the weekend, I tend to not be able to enter critical thinking mode. Um, And same goes for Friday. So I tend to try to batch my work. And so I'm not necessarily multitasking, but I can batch my work and really focus more on things that need attention and critical thinking, which happen to take place Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And then Mondays and Fridays, I tend to do more administrative and packing orders, things like that, of that nature. And what I find... What what I find really helps me is not only just batching the work across the week, but batching the work throughout the day and giving myself moments to pause. I'm really big on taking moments to pause and just, you know, taking that moment to reset my brain, get up, get up, drink a water, get some tea, get some fresh air and just ground myself. Um, That that has been instrumental. Okay, so I want to unpack this a little bit because this is fascinating to me. And I think the energy issue is something that a lot of entrepreneurs either miss or don't know how to handle. So if you could share, like, what is the first thing? Like, just say we've got someone listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could handle my energy better so I could do Mondays, this, Tuesdays, that, and what have you. What would you say to someone who's like, okay, like, what do I do? Like, if I know I'm a night person or if I know I'm a morning person, or if I know, you know, Wednesday is always a hard day because my kids have some activity or whatever. Like, what are the first things that you would suggest we do to kind of start to break that apart so that we can maximize these energy flows so that we can be doing what we should be doing at different times of the day? Ah, yes. All right. So what I would say to this person is, you know, uh, if you, especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a busy entrepreneur, that we don't necessarily have the most control over the middle parts of our day. What we tend to have most control over are the beginning and the ends of our day. So mm. for me, because I happen to be more of a night owl, the mornings aren't necessarily um, the most energizing for me. So I will take steps to really 
be intentional about nourishing myself so that I can get to that level of energy that I want to be able to start my day with. And that all starts with my own morning beauty ritual. And when I tell people about my morning beauty ritual, they are expecting to hear about me pampering my skin and, you know, doing things to um, enhance my outer beauty. But really, it's a focus on my inner beauty. And I'll just share my morning beauty ritual with you quickly, if that's okay. Absolutely. I want to hear it. All right. So the first thing I do when I get up is I put on a kettle of hot water. So I have my kettle going and then I go to the bathroom and I start tongue scraping. So tongue scraping, if you're not familiar with it, is an Ayurvedic practice of stimulating your body and preparing your body for its digestive processes. So by scraping your tongue, you're helping to enhance taste and also to enhance metabolism. So I'm, I'm focusing on giving my digestion a kickstart. And then I will go have my 32 ounce fluid ounces of warm water. Sometimes I'll put lemon in it to give me really of a refreshed awakening in the morning. This is also to further kickstart my digestion. And then I will do typically about 20 to 30 minutes of meditation. So it takes me about five to 10 minutes just to get into that meditative grounding state. And I will just clear, clear my thoughts, clear my mind, and just really focus on being in my body. And once I feel like I'm fully in my body, then I start to share with myself some mantras. And I I believe so much in the power of mantras that what you tell yourself has so much of an impact, not only on your mind, but your body as well. So I will tell myself things to boost my own confidence, telling myself that I am beautiful, I am worthy, I am successful. And really not only just saying those things in my mind, but actually feeling into the qualities of feeling beautiful and abundant and successful and worthy. And after that, I am really at that point ready to start the day. Like at that point, I feel like an absolute winner, just ready to take on the day. And at this point, I have not checked my phone once. I keep my phone in the other room and I usually will start my day just on a good note without my phone and just off of this natural high thanks to this morning beauty ritual. It's fascinating to hear that. And so do you credit that ritual with, even though you do it in the morning, with what allows your energy to stay at a level that allows you to focus like as a night owl on the business things you need to do? Yes, definitely. Definitely. That and taking adequate breaks throughout the day and saving tasks for when I don't have as much energy, like for example, packing orders. So I pack all my own orders and that can be pretty time consuming. And so I'll save that for after dinner, for example, when I can just listen to a podcast or listen to a clubhouse talk and be standing, right? Because um, I don't like to sit right after I eat. So I like to stand and get some movement in and while I'm packing orders, which doesn't require me to actually think a lot. So that's just sort of what has helped me become more efficient as I continue to grow in my business. 
So Patty, let's talk really quickly about momentum. You talked about taking breaks throughout the day. Do you find that when you take a break, your momentum slows down and then it takes longer to kind of get back into sort of the mode of, of you know, progress making? Yeah, you know, sometimes, but because I am just like this complete nerd about checklists, when I create my checklist for each day for the entire week, I just know that I will feel extremely good and accomplished when I have the items on my checklist <laughs> crossed off. So for me, that is a motivator because once I know I have things crossed off, I can, you know, relax. I can fully relax and decompress from that day. And what do you use for a checklist? Like, do you have a planner or uh, sticky notes? What, what do you use to actually keep yourself that organized? So it is a cross between creating a checklist in Microsoft OneNote, which I use for pretty much everything, tracking my notes, my meetings, tracking uh -huh. my tasks. I switch between that and a whiteboard. So I have a, a pretty large whiteboard that taped to my wall, which I use quite a bit. Okay, so the whiteboard is the analog and the OneNote is the digital. Yes, exactly. So no, no paper planner? No paper planner at this moment. Interesting. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to hear how people do this. And that's why I wanted to pause on that because I know people like to hear, because we all like to hear like how can, maybe there's some tips that we can use to kind of restructure how we do things. And, and it's a never ending process to figure this stuff out, it, right? It's like exactly. next year could be totally different, <laughs> which is so interesting because we change and our businesses change. Exactly. Um, now your business, Free Flow Botanicals, is, is in large part based on like your, your Asian history and, and the, the, the lifestyle that um, is, is known, like Asian beauty secrets and so forth. So tell us a little bit, if you would, about how that ties into your brand and what it means to you personally. Oh, gosh. Thank you for asking this question, Donna Maria. It is everything in my brand. You know, as someone with a Taiwanese and Japanese cultural heritage, mm -hmm. I have been always fascinated by the beautiful radiant skin of women I meet when I go to countries like Taiwan and Japan. And so when I started Free Flow Botanicals, I wanted to tap into these beauty secrets to unearth the richness of all the herbs and natural ingredients that women in Asia uh, prize as, as beauty treasures. And so I began looking into beauty rituals of Japanese geisha, learning their secrets of how they use sake, which most of us know as a lovely rice fermented drink, but they use sake to wash their faces and cleanse their faces. Um, there are popular medicinal herbs like licorice root, which are known to enhance digestion by providing moisture to the organs such as the gut. And, and so, you know, the same thinking applies to how these herbs can benefit the skin because how I view the skin is our, is that it is our gut, but it's facing, it's the interface between us and the external environment. Whereas our gut is what is our skin on the inside, if that makes sense. 
So it does. It does. It does make sense, even though I don't know it in depth. You explained it very well. Um, so when you talk about the use of these herbs and like the sake, for example, what you're saying is that when you ingest these things, there is a moisturizing of your insides that flows, I guess, to the outside so that no matter what else you're doing on the outside, they kind of work together to give you the energy and the health and the vitality and the, and the look and the, I guess, the uh, natural glow um, that you can use to move your life forward. Is that kind mm-hmm. of what you're saying? So, so yes, that, that is actually another really good point. So having that, that effect of an herb support you internally and letting that raise your, you know, your energy levels Mm -hmm. and improve your health and vitality. So it flows on the outside. Yes, absolutely. But also these herbs can support you externally too, by applying them directly to your skin, using sake extracts and licorice root extracts directly on your skin. And that is why I have intentionally chosen many Asian herbal and plant-based ingredients to use in directly in my products as a key ingredient. So in addition to having the educational background in this area, I would imagine it's very personally gratifying to be able to also combine your personal history into it as well. And remembering your mom sort of educating you very early on standing at the stove using these sorts of ingredients to help everyone in her family. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And when I am creating my products, I feel a very deep connection to my ancestral lineage, you know, hearing, hearing and tapping into the wisdom of my ancestors, especially the females in my ancestral lineage. You know, I I come from a long lineage of healers, of medicine workers, and I, I do feel that that connection is deepened whenever I'm connecting to the plants and connecting to the plants through making my products. You know, that that's so inspiring. And I think that for those of us who make things, if we can somehow connect what we're making today with an ancestor who made it generations ago, there is something that's so fulfilling and so... Um, it, there's no real words to describe the way it feels. It's almost like you're you're channeling or you're living a part of an old life through what you're doing today. Yes, exactly, exactly. And and I would say if if there's someone out there listening who doesn't make skincare products or products with plants per se, that even just getting your hands on some soil, whether it's soil in your garden or soil in a pot, I feel like that can help you tap into your lineage because at one point our ancestors all worked with soil, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that is a really great portal into that deepening that connection as well. That's so interesting that you say that. I remember when I first learned how to make soap, I quickly discovered that my grandmother had made soap Uh and I found some of her soap after she passed away in her old things. We had trunks of things that belonged to her and I had no idea what it was. I was like, mom, what is this? And she was like, that's soap. And of course it was a hundred years old by then, but, um, 
and it didn't really look like soap anymore. It smelled awful, but I treasure it. I still have it in big, big, huge plastic bags and it gets a tiny little bit smaller every year. But every time I make a product soap in particular, I do, I think of those bars and I think of her, you know, I have all the modern conveniences to make soap. Like she had to make the lye herself. Wow. You know, and I could, I could get it online, <laughs> but um, I, I know what you mean. And I would imagine that a lot of our listeners can really relate to that, no matter what it is that they make. So in addition to your products, you also offer services to help people do some of the things that you're just describing about using herbs and, and making uh, vinegars and tonics and all sorts of things to help them be healthier. Can you share a little bit with us, with us about that? Yes. Yes. So I, you know, I fell into teaching sort of by accident at the time, Berkeley Herbal Center, which where is where I went to school. They were short on some teachers and they asked me to teach a botanical beauty class. And I, you know, all my life have been very nervous about going up to the front of the room to speak was just, you know, filled with anxiety, but I did it. And after my first class, I fell in love with teaching. And after that, botanical beauty became my signature class. So I would teach that locally throughout the community. I would travel to farms. I would teach it at adult schools. And really it encompasses sharing a bit about the herb, sharing a little bit about skin physiology, but most importantly, understanding your skin's needs, knowing that your skin can change from this between the seasons, where you live, what you eat, and then connecting that to a specific herb. So giving folks an introduction to the power of botanicals, especially when used in skincare, and then and then shifting to a very hands-on approach where we collect ingredients to make these products ourselves. And so over time with the pandemic uh, last year, I had to think of ways to still continue teaching, even though it was very hard to find a venue to do so in person. So I created my first online course, Botanical Beauty and Skincare. It's mm -hmm. an extremely in-depth course teaching folks the same thing and also teaching them how to create these products that they can use for themselves or to give to family and friends. So that's one course I have I have currently out and I'm planning to teach more courses in the new, near future. And you also have, you do distance Reiki because you're a Reiki master as well. And you also offer consulting services in addition to courses that anyone can sign up for, you have, you have actual clients that you meet with. Yes. Yes. So, so the Reiki is something that is also part of my cultural heritage. It's an energy healing technique from Japan. And I absolutely fell in love with it because it was a instrumental part of my own healing journey. And Reiki is something I offer distance right now. And it's also something I infuse my products with. So my products, um, if you see the label, they'll say Reiki infused, you know, body oil or facial oil. And so that is uh, another connection between my cultural heritage and my services and my products. And then the, the third offering that I have is my coaching services. So I offer consultations, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching support, 
you know, targeted more for women who have digestive issues, who have skin issues. Maybe they're dealing with chronic fatigue or having some adrenal issues. So I take a very holistic approach and to understand what is going on inside the body. And this could be anything from, you know, diet to lifestyle habits like exercise or, or sleeping or just even our mindset, right? So our mindset has so much to do with the health of our nervous system, which can then impact so many other systems in our body. So taking a very holistic approach and then creating a custom herbal formulation to help bring balance to a lot of these imbalances for that specific individual. So Patty, I'm counting multiple income streams here and it's fascinating to me as one person (laughs) doing all this. So we have the product line, we have the distance Reiki, we have the one-on-one consulting as you just described. You also sell your products um, at pop-ups from time to time. And I know the pandemic has decreased that, but you're coming back on board to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, you teach classes and you have the workshops, which yes. is just fascinating to me that all these, so which, so from a financial perspective, what have you found is the most lucrative of all of those? And it may be more than one answer because maybe it depends on the season, but what have you found financially most lucrative among those things? So at this point in time, given that it is my third full year in business, the products, you know, hands down, just having worked with a financial consultant and really looking at the mm-hmm. data, really looking at the numbers, the products are, are doing well, specifically wholesale products. Um, and I was surprised to learn that, um, but that, that's been how it's go- been going so far. Gosh, I hadn't even put that on my income stream list. There's another one, um, selling mm-hmm. wholesale, which is a, which is a, a completely different business model. But it's great, though, right? Isn't it? Because you have all your eggs are not in one basket. Um, and when the pandemic hit, obviously all the stores closed, and you had you had already other systems in place where you could make money. So even if you received fewer sales when the stores were closed, and I don't know if that's true, but I'm assuming there's some impact. Um, that that you were able to just kind of move to another segment and keep the ball rolling. Yes, I, I was very fortunate in that regard. Um, you know, when I initially started Free Flow Botanicals, I wanted to also include skincare products because a lot of my peers who studied clinical herbalism with me, they weren't able to make a sufficient income just by consulting, right? Because um, there, there's a famous quote by a renowned herbalist um, and he says, how to be a herbalist in 30 years or more. <laughs> um, and so I, I knew it would take time to develop um, and, and you know establish authority in that area. And I also knew that skincare products is something that most people consider to be less of a financial commitment, less of a time commitment. It's much easier to buy a cream or an oil off of a website than it is to invest in a three-month coaching program, right? How about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, because I want the miracle cream, Patty. I don't, I don't <laughs> want the miracle cream, the miracle sake. Right, liquid. right. Does it all, exactly. <laughs> if only, right? <laughs> if only. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so interesting um, that you have evolved to be able to make sure that you are covered in that area because, you know, we never know. And um, it, it's fascinating that all these different things have come together in one business. And one of the things that's also interesting to me about you is your Instagram. Like, can you talk to us a little bit about how on earth you manage this Instagram? And let me tell you why I'm asking this. Because Instagram, by the way, you guys check it out, instagram.com forward slash free flow botanicals. You have Instagram TV, which you do regularly. I saw that you have an interview coming up on Instagram live as well. You have a beautiful feed. You use stories and highlights. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, like, and she's shipping products and she's making products and she's doing consultations and all these things. So I'm just having to ask this because so many of our listeners love Instagram. What are your best Instagram tips and how do you manage all these different, because it's Instagram, right? Everybody's like, do you use Instagram? Yeah, but there's reels, there's TV, there's a feed, there's a highlights, there's a stories, there's all these different things. So when people ask me that, I'm like, well, yeah, but what exactly do you mean? Because there's like five different ways to use Instagram. Yeah, it is definitely an ongoing challenge to be able to stay on top of Instagram. And personally, I've been very fortunate to have an amazing marketing assistant who plans out my Instagram strategy and helps me create the posts. So I'll do the captions and she creates the posts. But what I will share that has helped me tremendously is actually what I learned from you, Donna Maria, in the maker membership program, the the course that I took with you is Mm -hmm. always be thinking of ways to repurpose your content, right? Because Mm -hmm. when I first started thinking about how to repurpose my content, the first thought that came to mind was, well, people are going to be so sick of hearing me talk about this one ingredient in different ways. And I learned quickly over time that you know, people are inundated with so Mm -hmm. much information, right? And they need to be reminded through multiple touch points. So Mm -hmm. now if I have a concept, so let's say I want to highlight a product, I might be able to deliver a really bite-sized chunk in an Instagram reel, right? Which is like a 30 second video, super entertaining, bite-sized, easily digestible. I might be able to share a little bit of history or context in an Instagram post through a caption. I might be able to then add a little bit more detail to that Instagram post caption and then convert that into a blog post. And then if I want to add a little bit of a personal touch and really dive deep and more so related to my personal connection or history with that product or ingredient, then I'll host the Instagram live. So it's all centered around one concept, one product, but you're just giving it a different spin, right? You're just giving it a bit more context in different ways, but each way is all bite-sized and digestible pieces of information for your audience to consume and not feel overwhelmed. You make it sound so simple. It's so interesting. <laughs> you learned that from me. I need, I need to take my own class because <laughs> I haven't been doing such a great job of that lately. So thanks for the reminder. But yes, content is, of course, 
everything. Uh, well, not everything, but it's a lot of things and being able to reuse it. And I love what you reminded everyone and myself too, Patty, about, and that is that like people don't really care. Like they're not going to care if they saw a little bit about ginger over here and a little bit over there as well. They probably didn't see it the first time you exactly. put it out there anyway. So that's a super great reminder. What are some of your favorite apps to use for Instagram? So apps to create for Instagram? Yes, like you have any favorite video or editing tools or what have you? Um, so I use, um, what's it called? I'm going to pull up my phone real quick. So I love Canva for Instagram. I love, um, what is it called? It's called InShot. InShot is amazing for creating Instagram Reels. It just mm. because right now, I think I, along with many other users, are experiencing a lot of glitches with Instagram. I think they're acknowledging these glitches, especially when, when creating Reels. So I love mm -hmm. using InShot. And okay. I under I fully understand the power of Reels because it just gives you so much more exposure and eyeballs on right. your feed. Right. Um, I also, what's another one I love using? Um I think, oh, and I love using Later. So Later uh, is a planning tool that helps mm -hmm. you write out your caption. It helps you count your hashtags because you can only have a maximum of 30 hashtags in your posts. Right. And if you upgrade to the paid version, it gives you recommendations for hashtags based on your feed, based on your industry, and based on the content that you've been putting out there. So that's a really nice one. So those three are just sort of my go-tos. There are probably others. I just can't remember them off the top of my head. Oh, there are so many others. I know. I'm so glad that you shared <laughs> a few of the ones that you use most frequently because that's a common question. It's like, yeah, we all know what Instagram is, but sometimes we can be like a deer in headlights when we look at all the apps because there are so many of them. So it definitely helps to hear what someone with a feed like yours uses because it's inspiring and maybe we can look at it and go, I can do this too. <laughs> yes. And your morning routine is just going to add to that, right? We're just going to do everything Patty said. Oh. And, <laughs> please. Well, I, and please let me know how it goes if you try out any of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's always a work in progress though. It's like, I could ask you these same questions in 12 months and the answers would be totally different. Exactly, exactly. I think as human beings, um, we are constantly evolving, constantly growing, you know, hopefully pushing ourselves and challenging ourselves so that we can bring ourselves to, to the next level. You know, mm -hmm. as, as a business coach once told me, he said that being an entrepreneur is like going on a spiritual journey. You're constantly reinventing and challenging yourself and re reapplying the knowledge that you once learned to new, new ventures and avenues. That's very, very true. I, I have always thought that entrepreneurship was the best personal development tool on the planet. Yes, it, I couldn't it's agree exactly with you more. What it is. <laughs> it's not about money. It's, I mean, obviously we, we all need some and you don't have a business if you don't have any, but um, being able to better yourself because you can never have a business that's better than you are. So consistently improving yourself is always important. So you mentioned that you have a marketing assistant. How did you find that person? So I put an ad out on an amazing website called Hubstaff Talent. 
Mm-hmm. And there it's kind of like fiber, fiber, but I feel like the contractors and um, self-employed folks who are on Hubstaff Talent are more interested in a long-term partnership, which whereas on Fiverr, I felt that at least from what I came across was more project-based. So I found uh, a very lovely woman through Hubstaff Talent and you know, her credentials were amazing and mm-hmm. she now supports me part-time 20 hours a week and just has oh, been great. phenomenal. <laughs> that is so great. And you know, it's interesting, just a, a little a little snippet of what you said about Fiverr. They recently started a subscription program so oh. that you can actually not have it be piecemeal anymore. Like you can actually set up an arrangement with, with one person to work with you on a subscription, which I thought that was super interesting. And of course, with Fiverr, it's better for their uh, the people that work on Fiverr as well, because having to go piecemeal and get a job, a job at one new job every hour, it's just it's not an efficient way to be profitable. So not yet, um, not a sustainable business model. So I'm glad right. they're catching on. It seems like they are, but thank you for sharing Hubstaff talent. That's a that's a great idea. So as we close out. Patty, we'd love to know, like, what is on the horizon for Free Flow Botanicals? Oh, such a great question. So I am back into vending at outdoor markets. I have a couple lined up and just applying for more this summer. So I I love connecting with people in real life. So that will be a great opportunity. I am planning to teach more classes related to beauty and skincare and holistic health. That will probably be through a women's collective locally or just through my own website. I'm also planning to launch at least three new products this year, and they will be very specific to this, not only the skin, but also internal health. So I'm launching a pain relief oil next month or relaunching, I should say, I'm reformulating one I made last year and supporting women's health in addition to women's skin health. So that's all I can share for now, but I'm very excited about these new products coming. Well, we hope you'll come back and give us the scoop once you're able to share so that we can help you get the word out and also cheer you on. So Patty, uh, my last question for you is to share, if you would, what is your best piece of advice for a maker who's new that really wants to hit the ground running? What advice do you have? What startup tips can you share with her? Oh, that's a great question. So just thinking back to my own experiences and as much as I love just the concept of flowing, right? So I, I'm just this very like free flowing creature, but when it Mm -hmm. comes to business, I am the ultimate planner. So if you are new to business, if you're just starting out, really take the time to plan out what your goals are, what kind of lifestyle do you want to create for yourself? What, what, business problem are you solving? Who are you helping? So really taking the time to craft that out for yourself, you know, whether it's in the form of a business plan or just writing it down in your journal, um, taking that time to find out why you are in business, like your why, that's so important. The how you support people through your business will come 
the what you support people with in your business will come, but you got to start with the why. Why are you in business? Because when times get tough, when you feel like quitting, when you don't want to get out of bed in the mornings, go back. going back to your why will be the ultimate motivator. Um, so that's what I would say, one. And two, don't be afraid to invest in coaching, right? Because chances are what you want to do someone or multiple people have already done that. So they have the experience and wisdom under their belt and they can help guide you, right? So they can help you avoid some of the common pitfalls as a entrepreneur starting out and they can help you craft a really good plan or a strategy to ensure your success. Those are excellent tips. Um, And you've provided so many in this episode. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Everyone head over to freeflowbotanicals.com. Check out Patty's product line and all the services that she offers. And I definitely encourage you to check her out on Instagram. She hosts regular like talk shows and she shares so much information in snippets and, you know, she interviews people and she really enjoys what she's doing, which is half the pleasure of watching. So thank you so much, Patty, for sharing your brand with us, a little bit about your brand story. And we look forward to seeing you at your website and on Instagram, of course. Thanks so much for having me, Donna Marie. It's always a pleasure chatting and connecting with you. Thanks, Patty. Bye now. Bye. Well, I hope this episode of the Indie Business Podcast left you inspired, motivated, and excited about the future of your small business. Let's quickly review three of the most significant business insights Patty and I discussed today. Number one, the power of a morning ritual. Patty gave us an in-depth look at her morning ritual, including how she uses it to focus and prepare herself for the day. She credits her morning routine for sustaining her energy level throughout every day and into the evening. Patty also emphasized the importance of coordinating business tasks with different energy levels. For example, she doesn't like to sit after eating, so the hours after dinner are the perfect times for her to pack orders, which of course requires her to be standing and moving around a little bit, but which doesn't require a lot of brain power. Number two, repurpose that content, y'all. While the Free Flow Botanicals Instagram page, including the feed, stories, reels, Instagram TV, and highlights may seem complicated and difficult to maintain, Patty said that she's constantly repurposing existing content. She reminded us that the fact that our customers are inundated with content all day long means that we must often share the same content in multiple formats in order to attract their attention. It's a great reminder that we can successfully use content in more than one place and at different times so that we are not always having to reinvent the wheel from scratch every time we post. Number three, invest in a business coach. Patty reminded us that one of the most important things we can do as entrepreneurs is to invest in a coach who has already done what we want to do. You and your business are worth it. Well, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, won't you do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories 
featured on the Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from the blog at IndieBusiness.com to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, enjoy your life, build your business, and have your way. Thank you.